Welcome back to the Binge Eating Dietitian. My name is Jo. I am a registered dietitian and certified intuitive eating counsellor and I'm here to smash the taboo of binge eating. I hope you are having a good week so far. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode. Forgive me if the audio is a little bit off. I am moving right now. I'm living out of suitcases and I'm recording this in a pretty empty bedroom. So if it sounds a bit echoey, that's why. Just ignore it and next week it should all be back to normal. In today's episode, I'm going to be doing something a little bit different. I haven't done it before. I'm going to dedicate this episode to a query that I got from a listener who DM'd me on Instagram. Now, I have to preface this by saying that when I get a DM on Instagram asking for my professional advice, unfortunately, I have to turn that person away because it is unethical for me to give any kind of individualized advice over something like Instagram. I can only give that when I actually know you, I've worked with you, we are engaged in a therapeutic relationship. I don't just give out advice willy-nilly on Instagram or by email. But this question really struck me. So I asked the listener for their permission to answer it, I guess, generally and openly on the podcast. Of course, I'm not going to disclose who this person is or their background. But I know that even if your story doesn't exactly match the story that I got in this DM, I do think that you will gain something from this podcast and it can be helpful to listen to other people's concerns and issues that they are experiencing. So I do think you're going to find today helpful. Even though I have used a listener's query to guide today's episode, it still stands that you should never take healthcare advice from a podcast, not my podcast, not any podcast, because the thing is, the advice is not individual to you. It's not specifically tailored for your situation. This is just general advice that should be considered for entertainment and education purposes only. Always seek the advice of your doctor or nurse or other healthcare provider. Okay, so here is the message that I got. I'm really struggling at the moment with regards to my weight. I'm working so hard as in I'm eating three very healthy meals and getting out for walks and I do three workouts per week. However, I do have the odd wobble every other day where I might eat a lot of biscuits followed by something else and maybe something else and it kills me and I know that I'm undoing all of my hard work. I weigh myself most mornings and I fluctuate between two pounds, but not at all happy that I weigh over and she gives her weight, but I'm not going to disclose that here. So that's the query that I got. And I didn't mention the weight that this person gave, the actual number. Why did I not do that? Think back to a few episodes ago. Remember when I said that we are all so attached to data. We love numbers. Eating disorders love numbers because numbers are objective. There's no arguing with it. If I had given you the exact number, you wouldn't be able to help yourself. You would start totting up straight away how you compare to that number and you would make all sorts of assumptions based on what the weight was from the person who who gave me this comment in the first place. So that's why I didn't give the number because we all need to learn to detach from our reliance on numbers. I'm going to structure this podcast episode with four pieces of advice that I would give to somebody who presented to me with a similar story to the one from this DM. All right, let's get into it. 
Here are four things I'd like you to think about if you find yourself in a similar situation to this. Tip number one is to look at your relationship with the bathroom scales. If you are struggling with an eating disorder or binge eating, I bet that you have a pretty funny relationship with your bathroom scales. I would not be surprised if you weigh yourself every day or even multiple times a day. So whatever it is, just know that there is no shame, no judgment. It's all part of the disordered eating. From the point of view of monitoring your weight, in my professional opinion, weighing yourself every day or more than once a day is useless. And that's because there are so many factors which affect your weight on the bathroom scales. And the person who wrote in this DM to me noticed that their weight is fluctuating by a couple of pounds each way. Your weight can go up and down for millions of reasons. An example of a few are if you're constipated, if you are dehydrated, if you had a really bad night's sleep, if you just had a meal, if you just had a very salty food, that's going to cause water retention, which is going to make it look like your weight has increased. So from a weight monitoring point of view, I really do think that it is useless to weigh yourself more than once a day or even once a day. And just to add to that, as human beings, we don't have the capacity to vary our weight that greatly. For example, we don't spend the first 10 years of our life in really small, skinny bodies, and then the next 10 years in a much larger, big body, then the next decade back down to being in a skinny body, and then the next decade back up to being in a bigger body. We don't fluctuate that greatly. Our weight tends to stay pretty much the same as we advance through life. Of course, there will be small changes. Human bodies don't experience extreme changes in weight as we advance through life once we don't try and interfere with it. When you are in that space of being really infatuated with checking your weight and maybe you even bounce out of bed some mornings and you can't wait to get to the bathroom and check your weight because you had a good day of eating the day before, so it should reflect on the scales, right? So although I've said that weighing yourself once a day or multiple times a day is useless for, for keeping an accurate view on your weight, we have to acknowledge that you may be using the bathroom scales to test your worth. And you may think this sounds crazy, but think about it. When you step on the scales and you see that you've had a loss you jump off, you're really proud of yourself, you're happy, you're so content that your weight loss is going well and you'll go about the day thinking that you are a wonderful person. But what happens when you step on the scales and you've had a gain? How does your language towards yourself change? Do you respond with lots of self-compassion like, well, of course I've gained weight, I haven't opened my bells in two days or I am so much more than my weight anyway, so I'm not going to let this dictate my day. Or do you say really negative things to yourself and totally berate yourself, pull yourself down, tell yourself that you are a failure, that you can't do anything right, that you can't even feed yourself properly and that you don't deserve any kind of love or attention? Are those the kind of things that you say to yourself? In that case, you're using the scales to determine your worth, to de determine how you are supposed to feel that day. 
And if I'm describing you right now and you have this relationship with the bathroom scales, this might be a good time to look at what your values in life are. And if you can't answer that, I'll ask the question in a different way. What in life is most important to you? And how is how you are living your life now compared with how you would like it to live if you were living according to your values? So for example, your values might be good quality friendship, honesty, integrity, being a humble person, being a kind person. Those are just some examples. Take a second to notice how when you wrap up your worth in the bathroom scales, you completely dismiss all of your core values. You forget that, oh yeah, I am a humble person or I am extremely kind and gracious and a really good friend. You, that simply all just goes out the window because your bathroom scales has told you otherwise. So I want you to remember your core values, maybe write them out somewhere and any time that you feel that you are a bad person because you've had a weight gain, go back to those values and remind yourself that you are so much more than your weight. Moving on, tip number two is to make sure that you actually enjoy your meals. So the person who wrote in said that they have three very healthy meals a day and this is something that I hear very often. When I hear very healthy though, I automatically think diety and boring. And to be honest with you, most of the time I'm not wrong. When you are choosing your meals, the most important thing is that you actually enjoy the foods that you're eating. You actually enjoy that meal. So ask yourself now, are you having um, a chicken curry and rice that you've made in the slow cooker? Are you having that because you actually enjoy it? Or are you having it because you know that it's low calorie and has the right amount of protein and fits in with your meal plan? When you only eat meals that you genuinely enjoy, at least for the most part, because there's always going to be the time where you have to go to a family member's and they cook up something that you don't really like. When you eat foods and meals that you genuinely enjoy, something crazy happens and your body stops trying to find that tastiness, that satisfaction, that real delicious factor. As Harriet, the eating disorder therapist says, that yum yum factor. When you give your body that yum yum factor from the meals that you have, you tend to not seek it from the kind of foods that you may binge on later on. And in this case, the person talked about biscuits. Now, this doesn't mean that once you start having meals that you genuinely enjoy, that you never crave a biscuit ever again. But when you lack satisfaction and deliciousness and the yum yum factor from your meals, your body is going to try and find it from somewhere else. So if you can tick that box during your meal times, it makes it less likely that you're going to want to binge later on. So I invite you to ask yourself, what are my favorite meals? What do I genuinely enjoy? If the world was ending tomorrow and I had one last meal to have, what would it be? Tip number three is to ask yourself and to be really honest with yourself. Can I see myself living this way for the rest of my life? This is a really important question to ask because if you are living this way now and you are struggling living this way now, 
how are you going to feel in a few months time when you just can't do it anymore and you're so fatigued and so fed up from dieting and doing constant workouts during the week and going for walks? How are you going to feel when your body just gives up and says no more? If you don't see yourself living like this for at least the next 10 years or the rest of your life, I ask you to consider if it's useful to live that way now. How could you tweak it so this lifestyle that you're living now is realistic for the rest of your life? So we've already covered one about adding in meals that you genuinely enjoy. By doing that and knowing that you are not going to be deprived from the delicious foods that you love for the rest of your life, then that might make it a bit more achievable. So think about how you can tweak this current lifestyle so that you can continue to do it for the rest of your life. That might mean reducing from three workouts a week to one workout a week or one workout every second week. It's going to be different from person to person, but just have a good, honest chat with yourself and ask yourself, is this something that I can do forever? And lastly, tip number four is to have a bucket load of compassion for yourself right now. You are doing exactly what diet culture has told you to do. You're having three very healthy meals a day. You are working out a ton. You are paying attention to your weight on the scales every day. You are doing everything that the diet or the meal plan that you're on told you to do. It is not your fault that your body has responded by binging and seeking out food from elsewhere because your body is hungry. That's what happens when you try to diet, try to lose weight, is that hunger accumulates and it ends up in a binge and you feeling like you're the one who messed up and can't stick to a diet plan. This is the whole premise that the diet culture, which is worth like I think $180 billion worldwide, this is how they make their money because they give you something that is completely unsustainable. You end up binging, feeling like a failure, blaming yourself, feeling worse about yourself and then going back and trying the next new diet. So I want you to tell yourself, I did everything I was supposed to and my body has responded by binging. That is not my fault. I don't blame anybody who has dieted. I blame the game. That's where the toxicity comes from. It's not the individual people who are trying to lose weight. It's the whole culture that surrounds us that is trying to profit off every little insecurity that we have. To you listening and to the person who wrote in, just know that you are an amazing person and your body weight, shape, or size, or ability to follow a diet plan does not change how amazing that you are. All right, I'm going to leave you with a 30 second review and I already look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Take care of yourself. Today's 30 second review is sleep. And nope, this is not the name of a book or a new podcast or an Instagram account. It is just regular good old fashioned seven hour to eight hour sleep every night. If you are trying to improve your relationship with food, the best thing that you can do for yourself is prioritize sleeping well. When you are sleep deprived, it's almost impossible to feel your sensations for hunger and fullness. So you can't really do intuitive eating if you are sleep deprived. So if you are trying to improve your relationship with food and stop binge eating, ask yourself, how am I sleeping lately and how can I improve it?